Welcome to our next episode of the 5 Moments of Need Performance Matters series. This is Bob Mosier, one of the many co-hosts you'll meet throughout this series. So friends, are you trying to learn more about the 5 Moments of Need? Maybe how to design for them, implement for them, measure them and even sell them as an approach to your enterprise. Well, in the Performance Matters series, we will help you better understand the theory and best practices behind this powerful methodology and offer proven ways to put the five moments of need into practice. Okay, friends, welcome back to yet another Performance Matters podcast. This is Bob Mosier here, one of your co-hosts. And again, we are blessed to have our dear colleague with us to help have a great conversation around some important things to implementing and successfully doing the five moments. Dr. Khan Gafferson, welcome, Khan. Thanks, Bob. As always, it's great to be with you. And I'm especially looking forward to our discussion today. I am as well, my friend. This is a big deal. It's something that I think we in L&D can be better at. I know I could. But the times they are changing, as the uh, great song says. And the days of setting up our classrooms or doing our e-learning or having our LMSs crank along or our brick-and-mortar universities are gone for many. And so this world of change management, today's theme is around the Strategy Matters series and it's specifically titled uh, Change Management. It starts with methodology because it really, really does. If we can't get by this hurdle, my friend, we really can't get to other things. And we as an industry have to be able to embrace the change and understand where it comes from. And there's a lot of misunderstanding around five moments, candidly, and also something we call workflow learning. So today, start of a couple series, a podcast, you're doing a wonderful interview for another podcast with a dear friend of yours, Tim Clark, who wrote a spectacular book on change management. Very excited about that one. So we're going to tee it up with this one today. So, you know, Con, we're often asked, who is the toughest stakeholder to sell when navigating a five moments of need transformation? And unfortunately, <laughs> the answer is an easy one, but it's not really a, a good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's us. It's we're, us. We're, uh, we're our, our greatest stumbling block. We totally get it. My gosh, you, my friend, you are a PhD in this. You are steeped in the theory. We've all worked hard at this. I love L&D people because they're some of the most caring people that I know. They take this so personally. At the same time, though, we have to learn to change. We have to be, we have to keep up. We have to be comfortable. And although there are different change management components around other stakeholders, which we'll talk about in future calls and future podcasts, we're really talking about the L&D group because the learner gets it. The learner wants it. The line of business gets it. They want it. The consumer ultimately sees the value, and once they get it, they really do want it, and often more than they want training. So our toughest adopter is L&D for a whole host of reasons uh, that we need to address today and better help refute the reality that we've seen over and over again and help organizations successfully on this journey and approach it better. So today, my friend, we're going to run into some misunderstandings and resistance. Fundamental to change management is understanding and addressing resistance. So if I may, my friend, let me address the most common one. We're L&D folks. We're steeped in theory. And again, in, in their defense, we use words in our methodology like task analysis, supporting knowledge, tasks, steps, processes. And so we always hear, you know, we already do, for instance, task analysis. So frankly, yeah, there's nuances in methodology, but we are already doing this. Con, what, what is your answer to the we are already doing this and the subtleties, frankly, but also at the same time, what, what really differentiates methodologies? Well, sure. So 
Everywhere we go, we find uh, remarkable instructional designers who have been trained in one form or another of task analysis, job task analysis. And that's wonderful. The challenge is the mindset, Mm. because most approaches to task analysis are tied to a mindset of I'm going to build a training solution. I'm going to build and satisfy the moments of learn new and maybe learn more as you look at the five moments of learning need. When our mindset turns to the moment of apply, then it alters the practice. It alters how we go about things big time. When you look at the five moments of need, then you start to adjust and adapt our methodology practices. Our job has been to find the most rapid, efficient way to get to the job tasks and to map the workflow so that we can then build a five moments of need solution that allows us to do all of the amazing things that we want to do, like push learning into the workflow. And, you know, Con, for me, that's it. I mean, the, the, a dear friend of ours uh, challenged us on the, on the methodology just a few weeks ago and said, you know, and and this by the way, is somebody who I think is very much a supporter But he said, you know, I'll be honest with you, I've always kind of just been okay about the methodology because I went back to this time in my life where I was doing what we called task analysis. We were doing what we called, you know, process analysis, workflow analysis, job task analysis. And he said, so so frankly, I really have been doing this. I said, can I ask you a question? To what end? When when you finish that, what did you do? He said, oh, my gosh, we built this the most amazing courses and, and, and e-learning that, that I think we'd ever built. So so the, so the methodology is really good. I said, you see, you, you, you missed it, yeah. right? You, you missed it because yeah. your point, Con, going in, the deliverable was training. And where we fundamentally shift in five moments, although in five moments, we do get to what we call targeted learning. We even have a podcast on that. So yeah. moments one and two are best served by training. But because of the wonderful work you've, you've done in developing what we call rapid workflow analysis, and I think a very unique and pivotal part of our methodology, critical skills analysis, we really do come out with a very, very different deliverable and change the mindset of what we deliver specifically for apply first, training second. So let's pivot on this training thing. Because another one we hear commonly, another resistor is, that, you know, Okay, I love all this, and I, and I frankly do want to try it. I, I, let, let's say I see the nuances and blah, blah, blah. But here's the problem, you guys. I am I'm slammed with training right now. I cannot meet the training demand, so you're asking me to add to my next project this thing. You know, I have to add performance support and in the moment of apply to an already crowded deliverable that I, that I have to make. Speak to that a little bit. I mean, the busiest people I know are those in L&D. The demand and the requirements are huge. And so, as you said, we meet this this resistance all the time where folks are so busy trying to build for moments, uh, learn new and and, or learn more that there's no time to address all the other. It becomes overwhelming. Mm. But that's because we start at the moment of learn new and learn more rather than at the moment of apply. When you begin at the moment of apply and you solve for that and the moment of change and solve the workflow, then learn new and learn more is additive. It's not duplicative. That is your content and all of your resources are focused toward 
performance and ensuring that people can perform on the job. And then you wrap the learning around it as appropriate, which includes, you know, the development of practice activities and other things, but you don't duplicate content. So what we found, the great news is the footprint of effort to build a five moments of need solution is about the same as building for learn new or learn more. So I understand the concern. The great news is if we shift our focus to the moments of apply, solve, and change, and then back into learn new and learn more, we can do it. We've done it again and again and again and again. So here is resistor three. And again, these are all kind of related. And this kind of spins off of what you just said is that, okay, great. Because I'm building for apply first, here's the other statistic we throw out that we often see on average and often less that training footprint, the, the training deliverable footprint is reduced by half. And, and frankly, if that's what you do, a very personal outcome and resistor we often hear is, well, look, what value do I have left? Will I remain vital to my company? Will I remain busy? And again, I think we've spoken to some of this in the answers before, but the same thing is those we've seen do this right, don't be fooled by that number. If you believe in five moments, that 50% is only one in two. You still have a lot to do in three through five. Yeah. We've yeah. never seen yeah. L&D departments go out of business because of this. In fact, we've seen many of them, and, and we've heard them time and time again, say that their value to the company, the degree to which they are busier now because of shifting to five moments has been a remarkable thing. Although maybe that, sure, part of their portfolio, the training part has clearly been reduced by up to 50% or more. Well, yeah, and you know, we've been plagued for many years with the challenge of too much content being crammed Absolutely. into our formal learning where we're so terrified that the people can't get anything anywhere else that we try to cover it all. Mm -hmm. And and then methodology, the things that we know make a difference in training just go by the fall by the wayside. Mm. No uh, real practice. Just, it's all about delivery and getting it out there, which is a horrible way to train. So as we reduce the, the load by pushing content and learning into the workflow, it allows us to turn our attention to those skills where the critical impact of failure is significant to catastrophic, as we've talked about. And by turning our attention to that, we can enhance how we train with all of the methodology that we know. And, and all of that still reduce the footprint of, of effort so that we can do more for the organization. I don't know any L&D that's sitting on their hands going, <laughs> well, I wonder if there's uh, some more work we can do. It, it's, it's, and, and I'll tell you, when you do this, the opportunity for working with the business and making a difference with the business mm. is so much greater. You know, we've seen roles emerge like performance consultants, performance architects, Performance consulting. These are words that, frankly, weren't in our lexicon or, or roles we were seen as, to your very point, Con. So we've talked to learning leaders that have a, here we go, a better, more significant seat at the table now because the conversations are having around performance and outcomes and, and impacting deliverables. And the business are very different than the old metrics of completion, compliance, and all the rest. Changes the, the way in which we're seen. Yeah, and frankly, personally, to be able to see the actual impact upon the organization and in the workplace in what we do is so rewarding. It just 
really is a, a, a powerful motivator once you, you've stepped into that world. And friend, that pivots on measurement, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. We are going to have a whole other podcast on that because I've spent the last 26 years of my professional life in adult ed chasing ROI, chasing higher level Kirkpatrick, chasing Phillips. And I'm sorry, when you stop with a training deliverable, it is a challenge, if not, I would dare say impossible to get those levels of true measurement. And what we've seen with the addition of this, super powerful. But and, and again, increases value, increases importance, increases your work. So tons of that. All right. So here's the other one, Con. We often mention an EPSS. And let's take it on the chin a little bit. In the earlier days, we were all over uh, the Cadillacs of the EPSS, quite frankly. And, and by the way, still firm believers in them, have wonderful partners in that space. We do a Technology Matters series and they're introducing you to many of them. But again, it's a journey, right? Walk, crawl, run. And, and frankly, we as L&D have spent a lot of money on tools over the years. Some of them haven't been so terrific over the years. We took it on the chin with a few of these over the years. A lot of us remember uh, Second Life, God forbid. <laughs> but, you know, so so anyway, here's the problem. You know, go, to walk back into that COO's office or, or CFO's office and say, look, I'd like to buy another thing. Often we hear is I can't. At least not now. I've invested way to the hilt in tools. My LMS was large, took long to roll out. Why can't we just use those existing tools as our tools for EPSSs or performance support? What you're thinking on that, Con? Well, you know, Clory Gary defined an embedded performance support solution in principle of what it does and how it functions because she understood that it an EPSS can be delivered on many platforms in many ways. And that's the good news. We can journey in our progression of functionality and all that an EPSS can do. But the good news is that we can start with what we have mm. as long as we understand the methodology. It's the methodology that makes the difference of designing. We've talked about the performance support pyramid. Yeah, You're not going to have an EPSS without that. So there is this wonderful functionality behind the methodology that you need to have, but there are many platforms that we can move forward on, platforms that already exist in your organization, and then journey as you prove the power of an EPSS. Yeah, you know, I mean, we have three projects right now in the works that we're working on that have a PDF EPSS, a SharePoint EPSS, even a Wiki EPSS. And to your point, Con, in principle, they're working because those designers are remaining true to the principle, not the rule. And again, we're the first to admit it's hard to do e-learning with PowerPoint. You'd rather buy Captivate. You'd rather buy Storyline. I get that. And we've always argued in this discipline the same. But I just read a great book on how to do e-learning with PowerPoint. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you can, you, right? It, it's, but, but, yeah. but if you read the book, the author brilliantly stuck to principles. PowerPoint's PowerPoint, it's lacking, but in some organizations, you have to win this one project at a time, and then you have to escalate. Yeah. Another, another point, candidly, about the LMS and others, here's the power of an EPSS and the pyramid. It, will, it doesn't abandon those tools. It enables them. Yep. Right? The biggest knock of the LMS for years is, is utilization and so on. Well, guess what? What if I could link to the LMS directly when someone had a point of need, right to the topic, chapter, verse, where they could get help? The utilization, guess what, goes up. 
So it's not a dismissal of those tools. It is an enhancement and part of the journey of enabling those tools in ways we've not, frankly, been able to when they stand independent of each other and outside of a framework like the five moments. So audiences we need to address within our own teams, then, my friend. Here's another one. Um, and I don't know if this is one we hear so much overtly, but in the benchmarking research we did, I think something came back that I think we had a hunch yet, but kind of reinforced for us the danger of our understanding of change management within our own teams. So speak a little bit to what our learnings were in one audience in particular. Yeah. So what we found in that benchmarking was that trainers were being completely ignored in most organizations. They were the last ones to hear and be a part of, if at all, the whole journey. And obviously, that's the greatest mistake <laughs> that can be made because they're the front line. They're the ones out there in the training class that, that will make it possible for people to move into the EPSS and the other solutions that we have and extend beyond that. I just watched a great, magnificent training course, a four-day training course, but there was nothing in that course that would help people move beyond the course to transfer in the workplace and sustainment of their skills in a world of change. And that's tragic, absolutely tragic. And so we need to bring trainers on board earlier rather than later and help them be a part of things and address their areas of resistance so that they can be a influence for good in helping uh, lift this uh, in the organization through the work that we do. You know, it's interesting. We're working with a client right now that actually pushed and asked to have trainers involved in the very first kickoff. And and candidly, I think that's the earliest I can remember that being done or, or frankly, even us even asking for that stakeholder to be present. And I, I, I think there's a little anxiousness on our part because it was, again, awful early. And clearly you want to win over the IDs and such. That's who ultimately designs any deliverable, not just five moments. But my takeaway con from it was that what a value add those people were to that discussion. They weren't designing yet. They weren't going to be developing yet. But their input and understanding and buy-in and, and frankly, their, their feedback on, look, if this is going to be used in the class, have you thought about this or be sure it does that or this type of stuff? And we've learned that although the journey for the L&D might start with IDs, in the organization, the learner often first sees performance support in the classroom. Right. And so if we don't have that stakeholder on board, we can build the most beautiful of things. But the journey for the learner will often be dashed or lost out of the chute because the stakeholder we need to kick it off is the trainers themselves. Yep. And, you know, Bob, every time when we conduct rapid workflow analysis, there is this moment in time for the SMEs when the lights come on and they suddenly see that what we're looking to help them do is going to be helpful to them and to, to their colleagues in, in the business. And the lights come on with our uh, instructional designers. Well, doggone it, we need the lights to come on for everybody, <laughs> you know? And so that upfront analyze to design process is so very powerful in shifting the mindset and helping people become a part of the journey. So, friend, to wrap this up, um, last but not least, even within L&D team and beyond, 
we've seen these things spin forever. We are an analysis paralysis industry. We, we like to research and analyze and, and whiteboard and strategize and five-year plan, three-year plan. And, and frankly, I'll be honest, again, in my evolution, I was like, sure, that makes total sense. Let's get in a room, bang this out, and we'll wait six months. Probably one of the bigger resistors is the enterprise, of course, itself and our ability to move them along. You don't win this by waiting six months, having five different groups, the whole deal. You really have a short window. And thanks to how you can build performance support, you can work within that window to get started and demonstrate value. Don't boil the ocean. One of my favorite things from you that I've heard for years. Yeah, well, I, I've done that. I've <laughs> Many years ago, I took on a project and I kept saying to the client, look, we should just focus in on this smaller project, get it done, get a home run hit, and then move to another, you know, one project at a time. They wanted to transform it all. And mm. the end result was we ran out of organizational will. Mm. Uh, the leadership of the organization, we had changes in team members, other things, and lost the organization will and therefore lost the real impact. So, yeah, we need to move in, take on a project, quickly demonstrate impact and value, and over time, you grow and solve it all. If you try to solve it all all at once, you're, you're, you're in danger of, of losing organizational will and, yeah. uh, and losing the battle. You know, let strategy be built one product at a time or like we would like to call proof of concept. Yeah. And, and I think this was a hard thing for me kind of come around to because I was so geared around a pilot beta alpha of a course. And courses are big. Yeah. Days long. You would you would never release the first half day of a three day class and just test it out like for real because that, that's not the course. Well, what I, one of the things I love about this discipline is you can literally tackle a task like a task. If you'd like build it out, build the pyramid, put that performance support in front of users and let them have at that to perform that task that many have done poorly. Well, they don't need the whole thing baked. They will come back in spades to have you build more, but get that first project out. I've shown the train transfer slide for years. I've done the five moment slides for years. That buys awareness and that buys excitement. It doesn't buy true buy-in to learners. See it, touch it, and get a chance to use it. Yep. Okay, friend, brilliant. And I am anxious for the podcast with Tim. It will be spectacular. So friend, thanks as always. So glad having you here. Nice to be with you, Bob. And friends, we'll be back with future podcasts in just a bit. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode of the Five Moments of Need Performance Matters series. We look forward to future conversations around how to best put the five moments of need into practice. We welcome your feedback and can be reached on Twitter using my Twitter handle at BMOSH, as well as our Five Moments of Need website, which is www.5momentsofneed.com. We hope you're finding these helpful and will subscribe to future episodes. Have a great day, friends.